0: This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well, and that we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. for season two. Today's guest is Dave Klatsky. Coach Klatsky is an assistant coach at Colgate University. He also has his own podcast called Snapchat. We talked to him today about preferring passion over money, investing time and knowledge, and that we set examples for players that we coach. Hope you enjoy this podcast and look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you, thank you very much. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Coach Klatsky. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, we connected last year, uh, and uh, and I was like, okay, let me. You know, I always go down people's bios when I when I initially when I make contact with them, just to kind of learn about who they are. And every time I go through a bio, I'm always intrigued uh, because there's always a journey. And I guess kind of that's why I started this podcast in the first place because I was seeing a lot of. You know, hearing coaches in the gym talk about their journeys, going through their bios, seeing their journeys. And I thought, hey, these guys need a platform of some sort. And maybe I could facilitate that. So, here again, I appreciate you being on.
1: No problem. No problem. I, I like what you do. Anytime you can listen to more uh, uh, advice and, and perspective on other coaches in the business, it, it helps. And, and that's what you're doing for us all. So,. Great to great to have you doing this
0: stuff. No, I appreciate you saying that. So, coach, we'll start off like we do every every episode. In that, how were you introduced to the game of basketball?
1: Oh wow, yeah. So we'll go way back for that one. Uh, I've been I've been around basketball my whole life. I was a younger brother, so I would say probably at two, three years old. Wow! You know, trying to replicate my older brother, who's <laughs> you know three and a half years older than me, yeah. uh, just tagging along, trying to jump in his games when I was four in the first and second grade league and uh, just always loved it. I loved everything about it. I was the kid that, you know, uh, had a little hoop and would just play by myself. You know, make up teams in my head and and my mom would call me to dinner and I'd still be down there. The Nets would be beating the Nuggets and uh, you know, uh, Drazen Petrovic would have 16 and and four and (laughs) just kind of just always loved the game and and uh, ever since a young age, it's, it's always been a huge part of my life.
0: Man, Drazen Petrovic, man, that was, uh, you know, I, I, you know, grew up in the '80s, '90s, and man, that guy could play. I mean, He was just, he was like, he was Manu Ginobili before Manu Ginobili, in a sense. And so,
1: yeah, people don't know, people don't know. Like he, he, I mean, I was a Nets fan, and it's the reason I wore number three. Uh, I remember in sixth grade when the, the fateful day came, but that was my guy. He, you know. Part of the reason I loved him so much is that guy cared so much. He played so hard, yeah. was so competitive. It was hard not to be a fan. You know, yeah. besides all the the basketball stuff, he just was very likable. And and uh, you know, obviously this is before the social media era, so you only see what he's doing on the court. And I loved what he was doing on the court. And he was uh, as a kid, he was he was my favorite player.
0: Yeah, seemed like a real humble person. He kind of yeah. he kind of knew why he was there what he was doing in the league. He didn't seem to take it for granted and made the most of it. And just where some guys came into the league and, you know, it wouldn't be the case for all, but some guys came into the league and just, you know, never met their full potential. And uh so like he seemed to come in and just still wanted to get better and get better. Just, he was a hard worker. So yeah, I, I, I always think, man, what would have become of his career moving forward more, you know, more, success. Uh who knows where we we talk about him in the pantheon of international players. But uh definitely Yeah, it's definitely, possible.
1: It's yeah. possible. Yeah.
0: So coach, what was your experience as a player coming up?
1: So I I had some some good teams. So we'll go back to high school. I had a nice high school team, stayed at my local public school and We had a really good team Uh, the kind of the kind of program that these days doesn't really happen because we all started playing together in third grade and Kind of all went through the whole process together and kind of you know excelled As we got to high school and and was able to win a state a couple state championships and make it to what's, What's in Jersey called the tournament of champions where all the best teams? each group winner plays off and we got to the semis of that which is unheard of for a school that was our size Um, then that kind of propelled me into college and honestly I I didn't realize I was a division one player probably until my junior year in high school I just was out there playing I just love playing like like I said I I love competing I love the winning I love doing what it took to win and then I realized that I might have been uh, I grew up playing tennis, too. And I always thought that I could be really good in tennis. But I just like basketball better. And, you know, luckily, Penn came calling and uh, ended up at Penn. And once again, had a lot of successful teams at Penn, played with some really good players, and uh, I could compliment them well. And we ended up winning three Ivy championships. So I got the, the experience of playing in three NCAA tournaments, which was uh, there's nothing like it, and and we got to experience that last year at Colgate as a coach, and um, there's it's just hard to describe what what it's like because you grow up, especially when you're a basketball fanatic. Just March is it's special, it's special. So uh, being able to participate in that was really something. We we did lose three times, which I'm still upset about, but uh, had a chance in a couple of them, and and uh, you know come pull it out, but no regrets. It was a great career. And, um, then I got into coaching a couple of years later.
0: You know, you talk about having no regrets. I mean, you had a lot of success. Yeah. That, that's uh, that'll help you have zero, not too many regrets, or if, if any, because you're, uh, like you said, three times to the tournament, man, that's, that's a great career. Most people don't have that career at all. And, uh, yeah. so, so you're looking at something that's just, uh, you said high school success, college success, now even where you're at at Colgate, y'all've had a lot of success. So it just seems like a kind of an experience. Playing the game, now coaching the game, seems like a success has followed you, or you've picked the right opportunities in the right situations, and they've they've all kind of it's kind of merged where they, where they say, well, he, he's lucky. What's well, where preparedness and opportunity meet. I, I think that's how they put it. So it just seems like a really good situation for you, coach. That's great. Uh, I would ask you, Coach, so then coming out of college and, you know, I don't know what your, what your plans were for the future, but who or what influenced you to go into coaching?
1: Yeah, so I, like I said, basketball was a huge part of my life um, always, and I just I loved it. So when I graduated from college, I picked up a job on Wall Street and basically was – in finance slash trading slash market making for about eight years um about four years in and, and this is you know i'm in new york city now so i started playing men's league right away and about four years in i was just playing a game and i'll never forget this i, I uh, somebody took a shot and i boxed the guy out to about the foul line and the ref called a foul and I just started blasting the ref. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's how you teach it, that's like how you box out. And he looked at me like I was nuts, like, shut the F up. You're playing men's league. And I realized to myself, I was like, what? Why am I yelling at this ref? This is so stupid. Like, this isn't real basketball. So I said, I got to be involved in in competitive basketball where, you know, you can teach the right way and and, and it matters. And it's not just like you're yelling at some guy making, you know, $25, $30 an hour to just to." the ref of a men's league game. Yeah. Um, so I, at that point I went to the internet and I Googled local division two or division three schools. I was working in, in um, at this point Jersey city and Stevens tech popped up, which is a small division three school in Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah. So I clicked on it and strangely enough, you talked about luck uh, being lucky and, and being uh, and taking advantage of it. My freshman year high school coach, wasn't a ass- volunteer assistant there. Wow. <laughs> so I hit him up. I said, look, like, I need to be involved in competitive basketball. I'm not asking to get paid. I just want to help. I want to be involved. Uh, it's not going to be my priority. I really, like, I have a good job. I don't want to lose it. But I want to I want to see if there's any capacity that I can help. So he's like, oh, yeah, come come on by. Uh, I'll introduce you to the head coach, who was Josh Leffler. And me and Josh talked. And I think Josh was a little bit like – Wait. What do you want? No, you want nothing? You just want to be around? <laughs> and you you played Division One, and and you'll be here when you can be here. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so that's how it kind of got started. And and they would practice at you know four thirty, and I would be done at around four thirty. So I'd get there. I was, it was right around the corner. So I'd get there like four forty five, five o'clock. And uh, what what happened from there was I realized how much I, I enjoyed it and helping kids and coaching and, and being part of the staff. And I didn't do much recruiting at this point, but, um, you know, for me, it was a, it was a great way to once again, like teach the correct way and come up with plays. And, and, uh, I just, I loved it so much. I started taking my off days to go on road trips and, and, uh, you know, I did that for four years. And at that point, four years in, I started, started to develop some relationships and, and, uh, kind of in my own head was like, if I can get the right opportunity I'll do it. Like I'll I'll I'll, I'll get out of finance and, and get into you know my passion. But I didn't want to I didn't want to jump in uh, from the bottom or from you know uh, having to do camps and all that stuff because I had a good job. I didn't want to lose that for nothing. And then four years in, uh, Matt Langle got the Colgate job, and I had played with Matt. Obviously friends with him, kept in touch with him. He was at Penn, uh, he was at Temple at the time, and you know we kind of talked through it and uh originally i asked him if, if you know what was going to happen with his spot with dump who was my college coach as well and he was basically like yeah that's not going to happen but what do you think about this school called colgate <laughs> oh i didn't know much about colgate had to had to look it up where it was um and immediately i was like oh, nah no nah, no it's not gonna work it's that's that's you know temple maybe but colgate and then the more i thought about it i was like what i say no i trusted matt a lot i knew he was a great guy and i you know i didn't know he was a great coach yet but i knew i trusted dumps and you know matt came under him so figured there were some good things and, and he said this opportunity was pretty good and and uh, next thing i know i'm you know telling him i want it and he's asking me if, if i want to come up two days later and bing bang boom I was just assistant <laughs> at colgate so nice that's uh that's kind of how it worked
0: that's awesome man like I like something you said there about about passion. You had to kind of come to that crossroads where you're like, "Do I want to do this? What I'm doing vocationally, professionally, or do I want to jump into my passion?" And I and I and I kind of uh, kind of experienced that as well. Uh, back in like 2007, it was like, "What do I want to do?" I mean, I love volunteering as a coach because I volunteered since 2000, and I thought, "Okay, what do do I want to do this for real? For real, or is this going to be just a hobby?" And so I had to figure out some things, and basically the opportunity presented itself, and got into coaching in the school, you know, school system full time. And so yeah, I mean, you you give up something, you sacrifice something like that. You better make darn darn sure that it's what you want to do. And I love that story. Yeah,
1: no doubt. That stuff, really. no doubt. Stuff. No doubt. I'll tell. I'll be honest. You know, a year or two in i throw in a, a long distance girlfriend for the first two years that I ended up marrying, but yeah, there, were there were days when, you know, we lost by 25 points and I got to go drive to New York city to spend some time with her and drive back at 5. AM to make it for, for the morning meeting. I was yes. like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you you make the best of it at the time. And it's, uh, it's kind of worked out so far. So
0: yeah, yeah I look back right.
1: and, and laugh
0: at those days. Yeah, no. And here again, the experience is everything. So it's like your experience has really paid itself off and just in that alone. So, do you, you know, like your first year coaching, your first time coaching, did you recall like a defining moment where you stopped and were like, hey, I'm a coach now? Was there any moment like that for you?
1: It's a good question. Uh, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I, I think. And this is really a testament to, to Matt and how he operates. One of the biggest differences for me in volunteering and being there for practices and games at the Division three level and then coming and being here full-time was the amount of time and expectation of treating these individuals, these young men, as um, – as people and and spending more time with them and, and realizing that, you know, I noticed it right away when we'd have our meetings and coach would be like, how's so-and-so? And he didn't mean how's he playing, he meant like, what's going on in the classroom? Like, how's he doing emotionally? Yeah. You know, maybe you should take him to lunch or take him to breakfast. And I think that was, that was kind of uh, eye-opening to me that like, oh, this is coaching. Okay, like, because for four years I had been, just the basketball coach because I didn't spend enough time around these guys that, you know, a full-time guy would. So that was, I think that was the first, you know, experience that I kind of realized, Oh my God, there's, you know, this is, this is part of why I got into it. I, I, I love affecting young uh, young men and and helping them in any way I can with my perspective or, or advice. And, and uh, that, that was kind of the, I guess, I don't know if that answered your question, but I feel like that feel like it did. Yeah. Uh, So that—that was the experience I I went through.
0: Yeah, because you—you went—you went went from this. uh, I thought I knew what I was. You know, not necessarily. Do you know what you were doing? But I thought I knew my role. And then when asked to do more, you understood. Like this is, like you said, it's more about people than almost just the game. And, yep. and that's an exciting yep. thing, man, because you're you're investing time and knowledge. You're not just investing your knowledge of the game into their minds like you initially had a hope to do when you said, hey, I want to, you know, work with guys and teach them how to play the right way. Now you're investing time, and as they say, sweat equity and all that. And you're paying a lot of attention to their emotional, uh, you know, state of being. And it's just there's so much that goes into that and that, yeah. You can. Uh, I remember, like, same here, man. As a volunteer, I'd show up after school, work with the kids, hour, or two hours, go home, come back the next day, spend some time with them after school. Yep. But then yep. when I got into it full time, I see him in the hallways, see him in the lunchroom, see him. You know, you're you're spending way more time, and you're investing more time. And so, yeah, I completely understand what you're saying, Coach, because mm-hmm. I've experienced yep. it. So, yeah, that's great, man. It, I when you were saying that. I went back to my days too and I'm thinking, wow, I don't ever remember not having that experience because it's been so long since I was just a volunteer doing that. But yeah, I can, hopefully most of us coaches out there don't take that time for granted because uh, it's very valuable. So coach, for sure. what, you know, you talked about a little bit how you, you, uh, you enjoy working with young people. What right. else would you say excites you about working with young people?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that's number one is just watching. I think the years eighteen to twenty-two are such a for uh, you know you're forming yourself at the at that age. Yeah. So being a coach, you have so much influence over that, and it's 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 not just do this, do that. You should do this. A lot of it to me is setting the example that they see. So how do I treat my wife? How do I treat my kids? How do I treat uh, the other coaches? They, they see everything. It's like when you have your own kids and, and, and they, they just read on what you do, how you act. So a lot of it is sitting down with them, taking them to lunch, just asking them, are you okay? What's going on in your life? And a lot, and then the other side of it is just kind of being a good person and realizing that that's going to affect them as well as they make decisions in life. So to me, affecting affecting individuals was probably the thing that i enjoy the most and just helping them and in that in that big umbrella of affecting is teaching the game so i really love teaching the game i I feel like the game uh came easy to me as a player and i i didn't really realize that it, it wasn't like that for everyone until i got to college and the coaches would yell at us to do something and it would take my teammates you know, many, many times being yelled at and they still didn't quite grasp it. Uh, whereas cause my high school team was a very smart team and they kind of picked it up. But I realized that, you know, there's a lot to this game that I can help people with because I wasn't the most athletic. I wasn't the, the best jumper or the fastest guy or the best shooter, but I was able to be successful in this game because of, you know, thinking and, and thinking quickly and just kind of, doing the things that lead to winning so i kind of enjoy helping people that are more talented and uh, have a better chance to succeed than i did and watching that development and seeing them buy in and realize oh wow i can be really good by learning the game in addition to making my jumper better and making my left hand better and and shooting better and and all the things that are kind of obvious. So yeah. uh, I love I love that part about basketball. To be honest with you, is you know you, you can win a game or you can beat somebody, and they might be stronger, faster, more athletic than you. And that's the beauty of the game because you got to be able to do things that lead to winning. And it's not just a you know a, a contest on body or strength or or anything like that. So it helps, but it's, that's not the only thing in basketball that really
0: can can lead to winning no doubt coach Uh, i like what you said about you know early on about the formative years that we're you know experiencing with these young people and how one conversation with one of these young people could be about what they want to do for the rest of their life who they're going to spend the rest of their life with and we think we're just sitting down with them shooting the breeze we don't even you know sometimes we don't even know Really, when they're come like, hey, I'm asking for a friend, right? Kind of that deal, but in reality, there's so much more to a question, and you know, processing those questions with young people. And I think that's uh, that's that's exciting, coach, to to know that you you're actually considering those things when working with young people. But yeah, I think about it. If you could get, you know, not to use any kind of or say, you know, like an NBA prospect with the Ivy League IQ, if you will, he can, if you can, yeah. you can combine those two, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, that's something, you know, unique to, to be sure. So yeah, that's great coach. Now this whole crisis in you being there in New York state, how are you process, processing this whole thing?
1: I, I think I'm, I think I'm like all, all the rest of the people in this country or in the world really. And uh, just kind of waiting, you know, I think early, Especially here, where there, we didn't have any testing and, and everyone was kind of kind of numb to it, being like, oh, we don't have any cases, we're all good. Well, we weren't all good, yeah. you know, and, and multiple people got it here and, and uh, some worse than others, some really, you know, tragic. And, and uh, now it's kind of calmed down a little. We're not in New York City, so we're not in the epicenter, but we had some transplants, couple weeks ago that probably brought it and um it's it's terrible like this whole it's it's one of those things the first thing is how awful this all is for everybody and then you got to keep living though so then the next thing is all right what are you going to do um how are you going to respond to it everything is how are you going to respond to it and for me it's been there's been some highs and lows you know the highs are i have two little kids i got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and uh, I've gotten to spend a ton of time with them. I've gotten, you know, to teach them. My, my four-year-old learned how to ride a bike. We're awesome. trying to potty train our two-year-old. You know, just like little things like that. Spend time with the wife who, uh, you know, we're uh, we're away probably 40 to 80 days of the year, maybe even more than that. Wow. So I actually sat down and circled the days. And, you know, now we're home together for right now about five or six weeks, which course can drive enough at times with those are the two kids and a wife but yeah. when you think about it it's, it's, it's nice to have that time with them and, and uh, kind of especially watching your kids grow that you don't get to see every action every day um, but that's been the high you know the low has been uh, it's tough to motivate it, it really is uh, and, and especially with as hectic as it is with uh, two kids around it's I got to find time and make a schedule and, and there's been times where the motivation is lacking because you don't have a schedule and I think a lot of people are going to deal with this on a personal level of, of, you know, what, what's, what am I doing? Like, can I do more and why am I struggling with this? And, and uh, I think uh, we'll see how it turns out or how long we have to be in this, but it's something, you know, I I try and think about and and realize I got it really good and, and not to ever get down, but you know, there's, there's times where it's tough, it's tough. So I think as we process this, as a individual, you know, I haven't mentioned the team yet. That's kind of how I'm, how I'm approaching it. So yeah. uh, it's it's not good. It's, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's not good, but I think, I think there, there will be some positives that come out of it. Yeah. And a lot of that might be for the world to see, Oh wait, we can, we can do this, this and this better now because we've, we've tried it where we would never try this before we would never be zoom calling recruits and showing them around campus or or things like that on our you know in our personal lives so maybe there'll be things that come out of it that that can benefit society and and people as a whole uh at least that's that's
0: what what i'm hoping (laughs) yeah yeah no it's it's the right mindset in a sense coach because uh there's a you know before all this happened it was just kind of in my kept hearing this word in my head innovation right i'm thinking how can I be more innovative with the different spaces that I'm in? Right. And I'm seeing innovation, you know, in different ways. Like you talked about zoom, uh, even to the degree of healthcare where they're trying different medicines to help people, you know, innovation is so important. I think as coaches, as leaders, as mentors, as whatever we consider ourselves and however we serve, uh, we really need to be innovative because we don't know what's coming down the pike. We don't know what could happen. And the more innovative we are, the more shows we care, first of all, and second of all, the more shows we're growing and we can, you know, because what's breaking us up right now is our routine, our lack thereof. And so that's kind of throwing us off. And, and I, you know, the not being able to go to the gym is just, yeah, man, it's hurting my feelings now. Forget, yeah. for, forget my body. <laughs> It's hurting my feelings, out. <laughs> but you know what I mean, Coach. Like that's the kind Absolutely. of stuff. And so, yeah, to be innovative. So I've been innovative and in, you know working out in the garage and doing what I can. So you know, adversity always to me uh, brings opportunity, and we have to take advantage of it, uh, whatever opportunity we're you know presented with to just be more mindful, more thoughtful about what we're doing on our daily. So, yeah. No doubt. Uh, uh, no doubt. I think your mindset's right, Coach. So, at this time, Coach, you talked about your wife, Abby. You talked about your boys, Harrison and Leo. What what matters to you most at these times?
1: I, I think you just mentioned it. It's always, you know, immediate family is going to be the first thought and priority, honestly, to um, make sure everybody in your own, you know, little circle is taken care of, is healthy. More, more so than probably them in this pandemic is you worry about your parents who my parents are in their seventies now and just reminding them like, don't leave home. You yeah, know, it's one thing home, yeah. if, if I get it or the kids get it, we have, you know, a 99.9% chance of getting through it. Yeah. Whereas the older you get, you, those those numbers go down a little bit. So uh, Just worried about them and, and all the old, older people in, the, in my circle. But then um, you know your next family which is our team and your friends and and everybody everybody that you're kind of associated with on a, on a personal level and just kind of making sure everyone's doing okay and and uh, not just like COVID is very serious but like I mentioned before is everybody okay you know emotionally and mentally because even got even people that have had no issues with things like depression and, and being alone. This is like this. Bring this will bring it out. (laughs) This will bring it out. So just trying to get that out of out of of, you know your your players and just make you know just a simple question: Are you okay? Might might uh, lead to some lead to some answers that you can help with and just be there for somebody. Um, So just those things. Trying to keep up with the world. Make sure there's anything you can do to help. You know and small things like going shopping for older people is something we've tried to do yeah. so they don't have to go to the grocery store, um, you know, taking care of kids that people have had babies. You know, anything you can do to, to help in these times with people that may be struggling, I think is, is uh, you know, the, the next priority yeah. um, down the list uh, that, that can really further the society, really, if everyone's thinking like that.
0: Yeah, go through this thing together. Honestly, yep. you know, honestly go through it together. And not just say it and, you know, still be in, uh, I don't know, hermits. Because that's kind of what it's kind of taking. Its yeah,
1: we are. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like that whole idea, coach, of, you know, you talked about loneliness, depression, how it's compounded basically by this situation. Mm-hmm. And then it's magnified because you're just there, you know. So that's kind of some people are stuck in that rut. And, you know, my hope is that. You know we can get to some kind of normalcy at some point. Maybe not, you know, reopen right away like they're talking about or whatever. I mean, I'm, not, I'm I hear things and I'm just, you know, when this this gentleman that I used to work with, Bud Bowman, right? I worked with him for years. At, we, I had a military contract here in San Antonio, and uh, he would always tell me, you know, Mike. He was from Massachusetts, so we he kind of had that, you know, chowda kind of talk kind of accent and he said you know my believe half of what you see and none of what you hear and i i I don't know if he was some kind of conspiracy theorist or whatever cynic cynic, but you know i just think right now especially if you're raising kids uh you just keep them focused on what they got to do for the moment you got to focus on the family for the moment uh because that's what you have that's what you know you have everything else is almost just uh I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what to believe. You know, like you said, we're just waiting. And I think that's really important for us as parents, coaches out there listening, have kids just focus on each other, focus on the family, focus on what they want to do. Still cast vision about dreams and things they want to do that you want to do even. And because there's going to be a future and I'm excited.
1: It's a a weird, uh, it's a weird dynamic because like, when you think about basketball, and that's what we're in, right? So, yeah. if you think about that, it's probably the worst sport for this disease or for this yeah. virus. Yeah. Because you're sweating, you're, there's contact. Like, I, I, I've heard the worst case scenario of, of, you know, not being back until there's a vaccine. And I'm just so curious, more than anything, to see how this is all going to play out because – yeah, we'll probably be able to go back to work in some capacity, but are you really going to be able to play? Like, there's going to be people that rightfully so are still scared to do big events or play a sport, and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see like what that does to the sports world because uh, it, you don't know until there's a vaccine. Are people going to be? Too scared. We can play spectatorless in the fall and in the winter until until everybody's comfortable. Or there are going to be people that are wearing gloves on the sideline. You know, I'm just there's so many variables because of the the fear of of it breaking out again. Now we'll we'll see how this goes in the next couple weeks, but it could go a lot of different ways. And I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that, including the experts yet, because there's a lot of human human aspect to it of how are we all going to respond, even if you tell me. I'm see, it's safe to go back to work, but I also know that if somebody at work has it, I could, you know, so there's a lot, a lot going on beneath the levels that will be very interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah. And then to my, to, I guess, to my point was about prognosticating and trying to figure out what the next step will be when we can do this, when we, I don't know, I would, yep. I, just, I just don't know what to believe. So yeah, I just I, just, I choose a positive stance in that. The people, you know, those who live within my four walls, we're going to focus on us and uh, we're just going to get better together every day. And I think that's, it's really, really, really important because the the fear of the future and my fear for the future, and I I don't, I don't, I'm not paralyzed by the fear, but I'm really cognizant and aware of mental health. Like this is going to do some things to some people mentally that I don't know who knows, you know? So I'm just, you know, kind of hoping for the best. Now, coach, we talked about, you know, earlier about you changing careers and that was somewhat of a sacrifice, but what else have you sacrificed or even invested to be where you're at today?
1: Yeah, that was a big sacrifice. I think, um, I I had, I had it pretty good. I had a good job. I was in New York city Family's from New Jersey. Uh, but like I said, it it was one of those things where I chose passion over, over kind of, Work-life because I don't feel like being a basketball coach is a job. So yeah, um, so that was a big sacrifice to kind of move Four hours or so away from my you know, my immediate family and four hours away from my my wife's family um, that, That's kind of the, the obvious one. I think another sacrifice that you make as a coach is and we're actually in it right now to the opposite but uh you sacrifice a lot of time with your family you know your 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 immediate family that you live with and like you said within your four walls and and that's tough that's really tough at times when um you know i haven't gotten to this age yet but you might miss games of your kids and just the the leaving your your wife or your significant other alone with the responsibility on those nights when you're not going to be around, it's tough, and I think you sacrifice that, which is uh, always on on my mind, and I'm sure always on a lot of coaches' minds. But you just hope that it, it in the long run, it, it helps everybody. You know that your kids uh, appreciate what you're doing and and uh, and look up to you and, and realize you're affecting not only their lives but others included. So. Um, that, that's probably the biggest sacrifice and the hardest thing for me coaching is is leaving them so much, yeah. um, which is all relative. You know, there are there's other jobs where you, you got to do a double that, or or yeah. you might not ever travel, but you work till EPM every night and and uh, you miss your kids all day anyway. So yeah. it, it's, there's there's nothing nothing's perfect, and I understand that and part of why I do what I do.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, coach you. You're getting as real as everybody's gotten real on the show about, you know, time away from family uh, and how important it is to take advantage of this time while you're with family. Uh, That's that's so it's the irony is just, you know, it's so huge right now because now, you know, like you said earlier, now we're at home with our families a little too much, you know, and as they (laughs) say, absence (laughs) makes the heart grow fond. You know, like my like my wife, there's times where she said. Well, I need you to go get this. I need you, and I'm telling her, you know what? Not, not not to be lazy, but why don't you go ahead? So, we, so you can have some self-time because she's, she's the one mainly out here with these kids, you know, getting their homework assignments done. And, and yep. you know, we, we've got other things that they do, piano and all that, and they've got to do their lessons for that. So, you know, I just think that's something that uh, every coach out there listening, enjoy that time with your family, whether you're married or not. Uh, you've got a family, take that time and make it, make it memorable, make it, make memories right now. Uh, cause you may not always have this kind of face time with, with your family. So yeah, good stuff, coach. What all, you know, cause I, I always think, I think back on the years, all the years that I've coached, right. And it was always about teaching the game, helping young people uh, learn about their identity. Really? Like I, I'm big on identity, trying to help them find out who they are. To the degree that you know, to, to wherever they're at, to that level that they're at at that moment. But I would think about what about myself? What have I learned? So I would ask you, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career?
1: You're constantly learning. I think I think you, if you think back to yourself, that uh, you can go back one year, five years, ten years, twenty years. You, you always realize how much you've grown. Yeah. And this is—it's not really a question that. I think about too much because I try and live in the moment. Um, yeah. and I think that's important to not go back, but it is important to reflect on some of the changes that you've made positively and negatively. And I think, um, just the perspective, you know, that I've learned about myself over time in dealing with different situations, different people. I, I think I was more narrow minded, you know, 15 20 years ago i think the sport of basketball is one of the special things that introduces you to all different types of people and it's opened my mind I, i've always been a good listener i always like to hear both sides like if you tell me something like i just strangely enough uh i was talking to a, a, a recruit and i wanted to follow up on them so i called a couple people and asked them about them and and uh and one of the stories from a negative of, of contention was just a story that just made no sense and like that a kid talked back to a coach or something like that and i immediately i go to all right what's the other side of the story because that's not true so you know for me when people give me their experiences and, and this is how it relates is uh, even if immediately i'm like no way no no i i, I immediately dismiss that thought now because I, it wasn't me, it, it's somebody else's perspective. So I wanna yeah. hear about it before I make any judgment. So um, so that, that's that been a, a big learning curve for me and, and I, 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 I wish the world was more like that because right now we're divided and people, it's one of those things where you can't change people's minds because yeah. the world, the country, especially as a whole, is just closed-minded. And I, I wish that there was ways to open people's minds um, like mine has been. And and like, I feel like a lot of the people in the basketball world are because you you just, you encounter so much, you know, you you encounter good people, you encounter bad people, you encounter all different types of people. So it's, it's one of those things that um, that's been something that I've really appreciated uh, about myself and, and learning about more about who I am and how I respond to just different things.
0: Yeah, no, I like what you said there coach about, you know, everybody kind of learning from what we've experienced as coaches. Like we experience all kinds of people, all kinds of situations. The dynamics are unbelievable. It's not just a homogenous type deal, you know, where it's like, Oh, we all look like, We all think alike. Let's just hang out together mm-hmm. because we like what yep. we like. Uh, you know, it's just, there's certain parts of the country where it's like that. There's certain parts of society that uh, manufacture that so that they're You know, us four are no more and uh, kind of mentality. But I think you're right. I think there's a lot to be learned from those who, I don't know, we sign up to do this. We sign up to be with different types of people. We sign up to experience ups and downs of a season. We sign up for that. We're not just going through it and life's just, you know, uh, unfairly handing us those things. And what we've learned through it is that we can all get along. We can all get along. We can all make the best of a bad situation, regardless of backgrounds, regardless of ethnicities and cultures that we come from, we can all make it work because that's kind of the team concept in the first place. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned by society or for society to learn from, you know, sports, organized sports, uh, coaches, uh, teams. I mean, it's just, and yeah, you're right. There's a lot of closed mindedness, but you know, I think this has opened up people's minds to like, I guess, uh, stop being so self-centered and Mm -hmm. stop thinking that you're the only person in this world that matters. And, uh, I don't know. My hope is really positive in the direction of as a society, I hope we're learning because it can't be about, uh, well I'm left and I'm right or I'm up and I'm down, I'm independent. I'm whatever. Like, Okay, whatever, your political, religious, uh, ideologic type of thinking, that's fine, I guess. Uh, but while we're here face-to-face, let's just get along. Let's do this. Exactly. Let's get for the greater, yep. for the greater good, if you will, uh, bigger picture type stuff. So, yeah, and, and it works, man. Like you said, we, we, we experience it all the time. We all can get along. It's just a matter of preference at that point like you don't like me because you, you choose not to like me we, right, we, right. We, get, we get in an argument let's be like coach klatsky you'd be listening better than we are talking you know yeah that's yep. that's really really key so yeah you're right coach uh i could get on a soapbox about that too but i'd rather that might
1: be your, that might be your next podcast uh. <laughs> <I think so. laughs>
0: you know I, I i initially when i first thought about starting a podcast i thought i'm gonna do something with politics and get people riled up going into 2020. Cause it doesn't matter what side you're on. Somebody's going to get riled up. And nope, it was it's nope. like shooting fish in a barrel. You're going to, you know, upset somebody with your take. And that's how ridiculous for society is nowadays. It's like, we're not willing to open up our minds to, or have empathy. Uh, and, yeah.
1: That there might be some disagreement and it's okay, Yeah, but just like, Talk about it. Yeah. And and if you talk about it, you'll probably come around a little bit. Maybe not full, but a little bit to, yeah. to both sides. Like they'll come a little closer together.
0: Yeah. It's something I've always taught my kids and I have to remind my wife about sometimes is that when you understand people and why they do what they do, you're less frustrated with them. Like yep. if you're an idiot, fine. I want to know why you're an idiot. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to say that I've never been one, but you get what I'm saying. Like if I understand why you do what you do then it's I'm not gonna be so upset. I'm gonna be like, oh, you know, pat him on the head like, oh, that poor kid, that poor person, it's okay, you know? And then I let him be. Because if a two-year-old walks up to you and says, you're stupid and you're ugly, do you get so riled up? Do you you get so, (laughs) no, because you know it's a little kid and his his thought process is different than yours. And so you can get along, you know? And I think that's, uh, here again, that road right there is a long, wide road for me, so. Yeah, I'm glad you brought oh, yeah. it up though, man. It's oh,
1: yeah. good to get fired <laughs> up at noontime. <laughs> glad I help. Yeah.
0: So coach, my last question is always about legacy. And I know you still got a long ways to go, but kind of beginning with the end in mind of seeing the future and saying, okay, you know, when, when I when I'm done with my career, I want to make sure that what I'm doing right now has a positive influence or effect on the future. So I would ask you coach, what do you want to be said about you when your career is all said and done?
1: Yeah, uh, legacy to me is, is – uh, it's just – it's not that important. I, I know this is a, a different answer than I'm sure people have talked about, but mm-hmm. for me it's just I, I want to do what's right. I want to i want to be able to help people in the moment and as much as I can now. And uh, if I start thinking about the future, it, it, it makes me – it almost makes life harder because, wow. you know, the legacy thing is who doesn't want their legacy to be unbelievable and this and that. And, yeah. But to do that, it's almost, it's crippling a little bit to me. So I, I don't really think about it. And when, when you asked that, when uh, we, we talked about it before, when you uh, knew you were going to ask it, uh, I, I started thinking, I was like, I, I don't really care. Like mm-hmm. I, I want people to think well of me. So I guess that's a, a legacy, but Uh, I just want to be ambitious keep climbing do do the best i can never stop um help people and and i guess that that answers your question but i don't think it's going to be one of those things where you know 100 years from now i (laughs) I care what people are saying about me i i I really haven't hasn't been me my whole life and uh, i'm not one to you know care too much about that and i i don't know if that's the answer that you usually get but i uh, i'm just gonna live my life and do you know every decision that comes up try and make the best decision and go on and and keep living a good life
0: yeah no coach it's not the it's not the answer that i usually get however we got to practice what we preach and i just preached about you know getting along with people who have different views of me So, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to take that road. I'm going to say, okay, coach, yeah, that's (laughs) good. We could still get along, though, see? Everybody out there, did you see that? That was a clear example of how to have differing views and and just get along. So there you go, Exhibit A, if you needed it. Coach, I appreciate your time. I really do. It's been great. Uh, I just thank you for coming on and spending some time with us.
1: No problem, Mike. This is great. And uh, best of luck in the future. And hopefully uh, we get out of this soon. But stay safe down there. And and, uh, hopefully we'll come across each other sometime soon.
0: Yes, sir. Take care, coach.